Across the country and around the world. Enormous amounts of material. This is TalkZone.com. You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. Mastering Ourselves offers sound answers to life's tough questions so that life can make more sense to you and healthy directions become clearer. Keith and Charmé bring you over 80 years of seasoned experience. They pursue truth and insights that are neither left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered and can be used as a spiritual compass to help you on your path. Welcome to Mastering Ourselves. Thank you for joining us tonight. And we're going to have a discussion again with one of our favorite people, uh, Bill Cohen, who's actually a retired Major General in the Navy. Air Force. <laughs> he just said that, too. <laughs> he just did. You're good. Oh, boy. Okay, so where's the brain when you need it we'll most? Try, try this over here. Oh, jeez. And he has done a tremendous amount of work on um, how to be a leader. And also, so we're going to talk about that tonight. And also, he's recently written a book on a class with Drucker, which is, of course, Peter Drucker, the world's greatest management teacher. And we're going to talk some more about that. Would you welcome to the show, please, Bill Cohen. So is it Army Navy? Maybe which is it? Oh, thank you. Well, I've, I've actually worked with all four services. I've, ah. I've helped the, uh, even the Marines, I've helped them in, in some leadership things, and I'm really privileged about that, especially because they very rarely go outside their own service. But, yeah, uh, yeah I like all the services, and I've worked uh, with all of them. But, um, in, in fact, when I worked with the Navy a couple of times, uh, you know, they, 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 the, when I was still active, the guy would see the stars. And, of course, in the Air Force or the other services, that means general. But the Navy doesn't mean a general means an admiral. <laughs> They'd call me admiral, you know, and then correct themselves. That's all right. It's an honorable rank. You know, I, I'm happy to receive a title like that. Yeah, it was very admirable. <laughs> you know, I had, it's interesting to me. I had a question pop into my head and, and I wondered why, thank you, dear. And I wondered why I never asked you this before. And I certainly should have in all the times you've been on the show. But, you know, you talk about uh, finding your inner leader through uh, rigorous times uh, when you're in the service, and I bet you had some of those. And what did they look like? Well, you know, there's all, all of us, I think, go through difficult times. And I think uh, in, the, in the military, and I guess that's uh, why I looked at that model, I, figured, I thought it's kind of like, uh, they, you know, I've heard this saying that if you can do it in what is it, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere or something like that or some kind of thing like that. And leadership in the military can be really challenging, uh, not only because of the, uh, you know, just the fact that, uh, you know, your, your, uh, your life could be in danger in some situations, but also because of the great responsibility that you have for other people's lives and the fact that, uh, it's, it's, it's so, so critical. I mean, you know, in a, even in a corporation, you could make a million dollar or a ten million dollar or even a billion dollar mistake. But when you make a mistake in, when you're in, the, in, in, the, in battle, I mean, this can cost people's lives. Yep. And so this kind of thing is kind of critical, and I think this is why it, it, it translates a lot. And getting back to Peter Drucker again, you know, that uh, uh, I, uh, Peter, uh, he was asked years ago, I mean, you know, uh, why he didn't write a book on leadership. I mean, here's the greatest management thinker of our time. And had never written a book like that. And almost every management guru or management researcher writes a book on leadership. 
And Drucker said, he said, the best book on, re- on leadership was written by Xenophon 2,000 years ago. I mean, he said it was written about 2,000 years ago, he said, and it's still the best. And yeah. when, when I finally got around to looking at Xenophon, it turns out that Xenophon was a Greek general, and he wrote about battle leadership. And so here was, you know, the greatest management thinker of our time, uh, uh, recommending a book on battle leadership. Not that business is war or anything like that, or that you run an organization by running around and shouting orders, which, which to tell you the truth, that's a very small part of even, even leadership in, in, in the military. But that the essence of it, the important things, are so important and so applicable under these very, very uh, severe conditions that it's something that, that we all uh, we could model for use in, in any organization we have. And that's why Francis Hesselbein, who was the CEO of the Girl, uh, Girl Scouts of America, has adopted uh, military leadership and talked about that and written a couple books on that, including with the former chief of staff of the Army, uh, that it's something that we need to adapt and adopt for, for, every, for everything that we're doing. You know, you uh, send out a monthly newsletter, which, by the way, folks, if you would like to sign up, you can do so at www.stuffofheroes.com. It comes out once a month. It's uh, nice and lengthy and always informative. And I'm going to quote a little bit out of one of them. Asked who does the best developing, uh, best job developing leaders, major corporations, Harvard and other universities, consultants, or consultants, legendary, legendary General Electric CEO Jack Welsh's answer was the military. And also, uh, it's no wonder business journals such as the Wall Street Journal, Fortune Magazine, and others have lauded military training as the best education for corporate leadership. You know, and that's kind of interesting. At first, you kind of go, what? But then, you know, you've got this um, uh, chart here that I think does a fabulous job of explaining this. And it talks about a number of different conditions, physical hazards, pressure, comfort, sleep deprivation, hunger deprivation, and consequences of failure. And when you're in battleship leadership, you have way more strenuous demands on you from all areas than you do with ordinary leadership. And generally speaking, what that does is it pulls... It forces you to tap an inner reserve that otherwise you wouldn't because you're not in life and death situations. Yeah, and I think it's important to learn how to do that. I mean, you don't have to be in battle to learn how to be that kind of a leader. I mean, even some of our greatest military leaders were never in battle. Um, You know, Dwight Eisenhower comes to uh, you know comes to mind. I mean, here he, uh, uh, of course, he eventually became our president. But prior to that, he led the largest invasion in the history of warfare. And yet he himself had never been in battle. During World War I, he had volunteered for battle. He had volunteered for, for combat in, in Europe uh, many times, but they needed him here in the States for training, so he never got to do that. And so it's not a question of, of uh, you know, you have to be in war yourself or that war is desirable or anything like that. It's just that because of these things, over 7,000 years of history, we've learned so much about leadership, it just makes sense to make use of it and in a very ethical fashion. In fact, I think one of, one of my books is entitled 
leading with uh, with honor and integrity. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, Bill Cohen, whose most recent book is A Class with Drucker. Say, Bill, what are some of the principles of this Xenophon, the Greek general, or the military leadership you were talking about, what makes it um, so effective? Well, I, you know, I guess it is effective maybe because it works. I mean, that's one of these things that, that I think this fact that man has engaged in these activities for so long. I mean, there are 7,000 years of recorded history going all the way back, including in the Bible. And so I, be- I believe the reason that these things are effective is because they're the, they're the right way to lead. I mean, the number one thing that I found, I mean, I actually researched, as I mentioned last night, well, I guess it was about 10 or 15 years ago, that I did some research of 200 uh, battle leaders who went on to very successful careers in industry. And some of that, I think there were 62 of these were generals and admirals, and the others were all ranks, but they all had led in, in, in battle in some, in some fashion in one of the four military services. And then they left the military and gone on to, you know, great success, in, a, in one or more endeavors outside, and I asked them one whether they they uh, whether the, what they learned in, as a battle leaders whether they applied any of this, and then also which I which I knew that they had. I mean, having this experience myself, yeah. you know, I, I, I assume that to be true. But then I asked them also to give the three biggest things that they learned that were most important. And I thought I would get an encyclopedia of different ideas. You know, I, I could visualize, uh, you know, thousands of different thoughts about uh, this works or that works or anything else. Yeah. But uh, most of them, 95% fell into only eight different areas. And that's where I came up with this concept of the eight universal laws of leadership, which I, I mentioned briefly last night. But, you know, the number one and the one that everybody mentioned that was just amazing. I mean, some wrote me several, uh, you know, not only paragraphs, but uh, several pages of a letter about this, and I said the, the primary thing, the most important thing in leadership is to maintain absolute integrity. They didn't. They either use those words or very similar words. So what is it about integrity? I mean, some people are really popular, some people are really competent, but what you're sort of saying is if they don't have integrity, it's going to break down. What is it about integrity that does that? Well, under stress, that's where things come. And when everything's going okay, Integrity is always important, but it, it comes to, for, to the fore when things are really critical. And when, when, when that happens, people have to trust the leader. They really have to trust the leader because uh, sometimes there's no time for you know, explanations. Sometimes they can't get the information. There can be all kinds of different reasons, but they really have to trust that individual. And trust is such an important part of leadership and followership. Uh, um, yeah, in other words, it's not just the leader; it's also the follower. The two, it's kind of synergistic. The two Followership. <laughs> and the the so in working together, that there's this trust is critical, and trust depends on integrity. You can't have a person, for example, that when things go wrong, this is a, the leader. He or she is pointing at everyone else and saying, "Well, it's their fault. It's not mine. It's the, you know I did everything right, but it's Joe or Jane, and they screwed up, and that's why things are wrong." I mean, that's not integrity. That's not doing the right thing. And you can't trust a person like that. And so when when you think about leadership, I mean, when you see that in a situation in an organization, either in a corporation or in a small in a small business, 
or either even in the family, by the way. You know, I, uh, years ago I was uh, uh, doing a, a live interview on television, and uh, just before I t- talked to the host about, uh, you know, some of these ideas, and he said, you know, I'm having difficulty right now in raising kids, and the things that you're talking about, you know, maintaining absolute integrity, you know, really knowing your stuff, expecting positive results, taking care, you know, these things, I think they'll work in, in, in raising my kids. And I said, absolutely, without sure. any question. Yeah. Sure they will. You better better believe they will. So is, is like uh, this integrity, is it like when you raise kids, you're an example of what you're trying to get them to do instead of you just keep telling them or, you know, all was going one way and then the other, you, you are pretty much an example of it? Oh, that's, there's no question about that, Keith. Yeah, you know, and that's true in leadership and, again, in the military, and it's true, again, in corporations and their families and everything else. You can say one thing, and if you do something else, that's what your kids will pay attention to. Yeah, sure. You can't say, for example, don't drink and drive, and then that's what you're doing, and expect them to follow you, you know, follow your words and not your deeds. And so you better believe it. The two have to be together. You have to, as I say, walk your talk. So that's the same if you have a crew of of uh, beginner soldiers, privates or whatever, and, and you're leading them, you have to be what you're trying to teach them. Yeah, you, you're, you're right on target. That's, that's so true. And you have to, and you lead, by the way, you know, that what the, what the military teaches is that you're the, you should be the last. In other words, the, your people, those fo- the folks that depend on you, they should have all the anything, the good deals, or the, if if uh, if they're serving food, you should be the last in line. In fact, I witnessed that uh, again. I mean, I, I've known this for years and years and years. But about two months ago, a, a very good friend of mine, who was chief of staff of the Air Force, a fellow by the name of General Ron Fogelman, who's a four-star general, and he is the general that retired me. And we've been friends for a long time. And he had a speaking engagement near me at uh, Claremont McKenna College. And uh, we were, you know, we were there together, and they had a long line of serving. And uh, when they set this thing up, you know, it was one of these things where you walk through and get your food. And uh, of course, the, you know, the host instantly said, "General Fogelman, if you'd like to go first. And he said, "No, no, I wouldn't really feel good about that." He said, "You know, in the military, a leader always gets served last." And so I really like it to, you know, like, why don't you let everybody else go, and then I'll go ahead and get my food. Perfect. Now, that isn't always true. Sometimes because of ceremonies and other we, reasons. we we got to take we got to take a break. But okay, that's, okay a break. hold on. <laughs> Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, our guest, William Cohen, author of A Class with Drucker. Stay with us. <laughs> 